episode number 88 of the Better Yet Podcast. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet! It's a long-form interview podcast featuring musicians talking about influence, talking about writing, and talking about being around. I'm Tim Crisp, your sick host. Today's Monday. I'm not at work because I'm not feeling good. Uh, I can't tell. If uh, if this is going to get worse or what, it's like it's like it's like the feeling of being on the cusp of sickness, but like I'm actually sick through that feeling. If that makes any sense, I'm not I'm not like down for the count. I'm awake and I'm mostly present, but I'm not well. I don't feel very well, and I'm kind of cranky about it. I don't like being sick. And I don't like being sick as an adult, because you still got to make your own food, your life still persists, it's not like you get to stay home from school and lay on the couch and watch your your VHS copy of Liar Liar, or you know, maybe you do, maybe everybody except for me does, because I think that I'm really bad at being sick, I'm not good at relaxing, but it's okay, I think I'm going to feel better tomorrow and and we can we can put all of this behind us but you know i'm it's i'm i'm feeling okay i have to i'm feeling good i'll just say it i feel good my partner and i have been watching degrassi the next generation i've been taking a lot of pleasure in that my dad's in the country and we're going to go see peeperette of the only ones next week I can't wait for that. It's one of the greatest bands of all time. So excited about that. And we got we got WrestleMania main event is set. I don't care what anybody says. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar are going to have a great match. And I'll be there. Hit me up if you're going to be there too. If you're going to be in New Orleans for WrestleMania, send me an email at betteryetpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, let's hang out. Let's hang out in New Orleans. We got, we got good stuff to look forward to. Things are on the horizon and there's plenty to be excited about today jillian mcgee of turnspit is on the show and more on that but first a word from our sponsor has your online food blog experience left you feeling like you're stuck in last place jordansomelets.com is a gold medal solution to tim tim could you figure out a cross-country skiing pun to make here uh okay okay so well, usually these are sent to me completed. Jordan Hutkins of Roswell Kid, creator of uh, JordansOmelets.com, our sponsor, he usually writes these and and sends them to me. So uh, hopefully I can fix that. I can take care of this in post-production. Um, yeah. Well, I'll just read the... I'll read the rest of the ad and I can go back... Um, I can't think of a good cross-country skiing pun, Jordan. Um, all right. So, okay. So, l- l- let me start over. Has your online food blog experience left you feeling like you're stuck in last place? Jordansomelets.com is a gold medal solution to blank space. We'll figure out what to put there. And, uh, okay. Jordansomelets.com is taking a club to the knee of the competition to make sure that you care again. Tim, pronounce this like Nancy Kerrigan. Okay, well, 
I mean, that's a little distasteful, I think. And it's kind of a wobbly stretch that you've got there trying to execute the idea that you have. Um, but, uh, uh, all right. While the rest of these fuckers... Yeah, okay, the, the F word in an ad copy. That's that's smart. While the rest of these fuckers are out here being like Latvia, uh, referring to the country of Latvia who finished with only a single bronze medal in the Olympics. Does he know that the Olympics are over now? Roswell Kid singer, songwriter, better guitar player, and handsomest member is like Norway, the 1980 USA hockey team, and the Jamaican bobsledding team from the 1993 movie Cool Running starring John Candy, Dougie Doug, Raldi Lewis, Malik Yoba, and a guy who only went by Leon but was also in the made-for-TV movie about the Temptations all rolled into one. Yeah, nice run-on sentence there. Visit jordansomelets.com, the perennial favorite, this winter, next winter, the winter after that, the winter after that, and so on. Great ad from our friend Jordan Hudkins of Roswell Kid. Um, hey, let me let me take an opportunity to tell you about t-shirts. You know, with the nice weather we're having out there, what better way to show off your sun-deprived arms and dried-out elbows than with the Better Yet Podcast pocket tee? Those are available on our website, betteryetpod.com slash merch. Uh, those are up there, and uh, there are also buttons, some really nice and cool apparel if you want to buy something and finance my next purchase of Mucinex. All right, my guest this week is Jillian McGee of Turnspit. Turnspit is a Chicago-based band, started in 2014, who released their first LP, Desire Paths, this month. A long time coming for Jillian and the homies who have been staples of Chicago pop punk since their inception. The LP is predated by a couple of very promising small releases, including an EP called I Wonder If They're Happy. I'd seen them a few times before, but was really taken when I saw them open for Reviver last spring. They were tight, and they were playing a lot of new songs, including one called Skin that really made an impact on me and everyone in that room. I knew I'd have to have Jillian on here when they drop this LP, and here we are, a great conversation with the homie, talking about skin, talking about that record, and talking about making steps forward. It's a great conversation. Let's get to it. We'll start with the song. This is Irish Name, followed by my interview with Jillian McGee. We were train on fire. We were a car spinning out of control. We were sinking ship, but I'd skip a breath when you grab my hips. Swap me off my feet You couldn't give me what I need I couldn't sleep when you were drinking I wanted
good. He was a good one. I'm gonna put that in a spot that's comfortable for you. Yeah. Microphone. I know. I'm, I'm giving you. I'm giving you all this stuff. Oh no! I worked in radio for three years, so I feel you. you. Did. Yes. Yeah. What? Uh, I worked at um, Rivet Radio, which was a startup. We did like podcasting, and it was kind of it was a great idea. It's still going, but it's not what it originally. It was like an app, kind of like Pandora meets like WBEZ kind of okay. thing. So it would be like stories would exist on a playlist and you could skip stuff you would pick the categories of news that you wanted to hear right um and then yeah it'd be like constantly updated and like they would expire when they weren't like you know uh-huh relevant anymore yeah cool that is really um, cool but is it no no mods? I think they were a couple of years early on uh-huh. it yeah. And so they had to switch to like business to business. How adorable is that? Isn't that good? Yeah. It's my it's my dad and my aunt Kathy. Yeah. Well I like I like those because I can I, I have this bank of like scanned ones and then I make these playlists and then I find an image that's like good for it. So That's awesome. That's that, really cool. Yeah. And it huh. makes makes me happy. It's like something that I can do like every week. So yeah. I feel you on the on the playlist front, on that scramble yeah. of like I gotta find <laughs> the right songs. Yes. I gotta do it. So so how long were you were you doing that that app? That so that was like thing. straight out of college. Um I was there for like three I was there for three years. Uh-huh. Um so and I left in May and started working at Cobra Lounge. How'd you get involved in that? Cobra? Well, no, um, no, oh, the, uh, the app. straight out of. Um, I had two recommendations from uh, like when I was a senior in college at Loyola. Um, uh huh. The guy, one of the guys I was interning with, uh, like one of my supervisors, <clears throat> heard about the app through like industry friends, yeah. and then one of my professors also knew at the same time and they both reached out and I got hired like Uh as a kind of like contract worker for a little while and then they hired on they hired me on as a full-time like big girl job uh Uh after like a year so big girl job Mm -hmm. so so what did you go to school for then journalism and anthropology oh okay the anthropology department's like big there right isn't that like a good or is it just because i know somebody else who went to maybe loyola you said right for anthropology Mm -hmm. who is it delia horn yes yeah i know delia and i had classes together um she was a year ahead of me i think Uh uh-huh the best Uh one of my favorite humans ever Mm -hmm. so what were you what were you trying to do with uh that that big old vague anthropology major i just realized that i could double major and i thought anthropology was like i I was gonna minor in it originally because the journalism program requires you to minor in something else so you have a specialty in something so i took a couple classes and i was like i love this i think this is so cool because it's like it's the study of people, right? And I was more interested in the cultural side, like learning about like how different people like live their lives. And yeah. it's such a broad area of study. Right. Because um, every time I, I'm, I'm still like unlearning that like anthropology isn't like stu- the study of like primitive people. Right. Yeah. And that's what they had to like, that's the, because anthropology and sociology are like basically the same thing, but their discipline histories are so very different. Like right. sociology was like mostly in cities. Yeah. Um, and it's then also, anthropology was like the white man commies, going yeah. to, uh-huh. you know, and so and then as they realized how problematic they were doing that, it was like there was a whole movement to like correct that narrative yeah. in anthropology. Um, 
Well, that's good. So that's yeah, good. yeah, 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 totally. Everybody's figuring that out. Yes. Like, all slowly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So where did you grow up? In uh, Worth and then New Lenox. So, Worth? Yeah. What's Worth? Worth is, uh, it's the friendly village. That's what the water tower says. Um, oh it's right my by, God. Yeah, it's right by Chicago Ridge, oh, okay. um, Payless Heights, uh-huh. Orland Park. I hear Park. water tower and I just, I just think of far, far away. Well, it's Valentine's Day now. And so I, I think about this every Valentine's Day and every Mother's Day. My mm-hmm. mom, my mom was a uh, florist mm-hmm. for seven or eight years and so i used to um i used to deliver flowers for her mm-hmm. on mother's day always valentine's day a lot of days but there was there was one town and this is like McHenry county so northwest okay, north, yeah. and there was one town and i can't remember the name of it right now but they had a water tower that uh it had a basketball painted on it <laughs> and it said state champions 1952 mm. And there were like this was a population of like fifteen people, so I always I hear water tower. I hear something something is like charming in Midwest as, as yeah worth the friendly village. New the Lenox village. is the home of proud Americans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta be proud. You gotta be proud of something. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> proud americans and we're not even like i was born in scotland my family is from i was born in scotland my parents were born in scotland uh-huh. where, where uh, in so. scotland were you born um southwest of glasgow okay i was born in bells hill my dad is from cleland my mom is from motherwell okay so. i went to i went to edinburgh yeah on a on a family vacation but my folks are in dublin right now oh They've no way i've been there for a year and a half that's so cool yeah it's yeah. awesome so so when did you move here i was one and a half i don't have a cool accent or anything uh, clearly like okay. so um well, i was I hear, a little I hear baby McGee and i'm like I'm yeah like, oh that's probably irish right mm-hmm. but it's not, yeah it's scottish it is actually irish and this is like however many years ago whoever moved here uh-huh. from like ireland to scotland added the random h in my last name because m-c-g-h-e-e and it was when they came from ireland to scotland they added the h so they went ireland ireland there was scotland yeah and then your parents came to to the land of opportunity <laughs> what, what brought yeah. them what brought them to the states um so my grandparents lived here my mom kind of grew up in the u.s as well she had a similar thing where she was born in scotland and then raised halfway in the u.s and then she went back to scotland uh when she was 16 okay and then met my dad they got married had me and then they came back um so she did she stay because she met your dad no she stayed like for other reasons just like she wanted to live there Uh um so the was it was it it was oh yeah it was, was it good cool. was yeah it, yeah, yeah. Okay. well it was unemployment was so high like my dad stopped going to school when he was 16 to build r- bridges like how uh-huh. crazy is that like That's that so just insane yeah. yeah it's nuts so they they met in a butcher shop my mom or like or in like a slaughterhouse my mom like worked in the lab and my dad like chopped Whoa. up the meat uh-huh. <laughs> yeah so i come just from like comes, a like a working class blue collar yeah family very much so uh-huh and then you go to the south side of chicago which was, is like, like yes. the most prideful blue collar like a south side world. irish yeah uh-huh. so yeah that kind of thing <laughs> definitely it's so so we're your we're what what's the where are you describing when you're talking about worthless like where your grandparents worth were. yeah so That's that is worth, worth yeah uh-huh. 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 Zing. there we go i like the way i like the way you kind of chronicle that there's like yeah. this, this springsteen like here's my hometown and uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I, I need to talk about yeah it. and it's like twofold because people from that area like 
people shit on worth all the time and they like call it worthless like uh-huh. oh you're from worthless but right, right, um right. it was also about like have not having worth so like worthless you know like uh-huh. that aspect of it so because yeah. i don't like the word worthless in general but when i was able to like attach a lot of meaning to it i was like this kind of has to be the title of the song right yeah you gotta you yeah. gotta co-op yeah you gotta make it yeah mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a nice scene so so what did your what did your dad end up doing or what did your folks end up doing when they moved over here did he find a good he found a good yeah we moved in, in with my <laughs> we moved in with my grandparents uh-huh. um and then uh, yeah, my dad uh, has been a flooring installer like my whole life. Yeah. So um, he just worked he's worked in the trades forever. Um, and then my mom did a little bit of, uh, what is that called where you sell houses? Real estate. Real estate. <laughs> yeah. She did that for a little bit. And then um, by the time my brother was born, when I was like five and a half, she just uh, was a stay-at-home mom. Uh-huh. So. so just the two of you? No, um, I have... Uh, one brother and two younger sisters. Yeah. So I'm the oldest of four. Oh, yeah. How how are they? They all how young are they at this point? <laughs> so they're all they all just like turned another year older. Their birthdays are all in like January and February. Uh-huh. So uh, what about you? 2018 and 16. Uh-huh. And then I'm 25. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're like you? Do they think you're cool? <laughs> they're probably. Like, I think yeah, so. My my older yes. sister. Yeah. She's in a band. Yes, that That's is dope. Uh, yeah, my sister Mari, the 18-year-old, she definitely, um, me playing music and writing songs was, uh, I know, important to her yeah. uh, when she was growing up. So, so you, that's you showing cool. her, you showing her bands? You're, well, you're she wants like... to work in like the music industry, but on the other side of things. So, uh-huh. um, well, they're doing great right now. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she'll, I mean, but I have enough connections where I'm sure she'll be able to oh, yeah, get in there it. easy. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah, her yeah. all set on that. And then my brother um, is at DePaul for animation. Um, he's not a big music fan, but like he'll come support me sometimes. Yeah. And he think I know he thinks it's cool, even though he doesn't like you know whatever it's, it's, it's like, not really his thing yeah yeah and then my cool littlest you like this yeah thing. and uh-huh. then my littlest sister um she'll every time she can come out we do a lot of like older shows or like 18 plus 21 and up so right. anytime she can come out um she's stoked to see us too so is everybody gonna come to the release show so we can't get everyone in because that's 21 and up uh-huh. um but my mom and dad will be there and then we might be able to get mari in as long as she like my parents are there so yeah. we'll see yeah <laughs> so was there was there music in the house when you were growing up no um uh-huh. i get that question a lot it's kind of funny like my neither of my parents or my grandparents played um an instrument i was the first like musician uh-huh. uh, i guess of the family <laughs> were they listening so, to music though? yeah so my mom was um she like when she was growing up she like hated uh that her mom listened to like she didn't like old people music, she would call it. So uh-huh. she was very like current. So when I was growing up, it was like Pearl Jam, the Goo Goo Dolls, Yo, Natalie Merchant. Oh, Goo Goo Dolls, oh, Goo Goo Dolls are a huge good. influence on Turnspit. Yeah. I don't know if All you right. can hear that woven in. Like, Well, I think the Goo Goo Dolls are a huge influence on everything that's happening. Yes, they're so important. So so what's your, what's your Goo Goo Dolls? Like what's your favorite Goo Goo Dolls record? Uh, Dizzy Up the Girl, yeah. Easy. Uh-huh. Um yeah, definitely. And then that was what I was listening to when I was growing up. But Matchbox right. 20 was a huge one yourself or someone like you. Yeah, for sure. Um, you ever yeah. go back on the on the dolls, though? You go back to... I did, yeah, yeah. When I was... Superstar car yes. wash and mm-hmm. that shit. Yeah. I've been... 
maybe I'll link this on the podcast. <laughs> one of because like one of my New Year's resolutions was that I didn't want to. I wanted to not look at comments on Twitter and yeah. Facebook and and all of that stuff. I could I could just feel that I was like angering myself, getting up obsessive, a lot. and yeah, and it just it's a brain suck. Yeah, it's tough. But yeah. I also I think I'm aware enough of the fact that like I need to. I need to look at my phone. I need to look at the internet for a, a you know, for a certain amount of time during right. the day. So lately, I've been hitting up the Google Dolls Instagram, and I've been <laughs> given some really, really good comments. Interesting. <laughs> I don't even think I follow them on Instagram. I should. Well, I don't know if you know this about the Google Dolls right now, but they are like current as fuck really and they have adapted I and I, I saw them over the summer it was the first time i'd ever seen mm-hmm. them um but they were my favorite band when i was like 11 years old mm-hmm. so it was you know it was a big big moment coming for yours truly yeah and um <laughs> and they're they're they've never stopped like making music and right. the music that they make now sounds like like they've gone the back. kind of like vapid uh mm. like i don't know sterile yeah. like music of of current yeah not to like sound old even though i just did but (laughs) like their their instagram presence is is very funny because it's just like a lot of live pictures and stuff like that but they played like the outdoor hockey game this year Mm -hmm. and i commented like good thing you don't play barefoot anymore and then there's always like you know like what record are you going to listen to this weekend and i'll like comment like very earnestly like Got a lot of friends coming into town, so I'm going dizzy up the girl. <laughs> it's so much fun. It makes me so happy. Good. So, yes. Positivity yeah. Positivity is like so important. Like yeah. I tweeted today, it's Valentine's Day, whatever. And I was like, uh-huh. I am just like, so like and this, I mentioned like this is my first single Valentine's Day in a very, very long time. And right. I'm not sad today. And it has just made me really like happy for everyone posting about their love like I'm just like oh my god I love that couple I'm so glad that you know what I mean like and it's just so lovely and I have um like a lot of friends who have hit me up and like Galentine's Day like Uh yesterday and all that so it's lovely I yeah and I just it's nice to get a break from the negativity and the hate and like today is a day even if it's a Hallmark holiday whatever who cares like it's just Just nice to see yeah see people appreciating one another is so powerful right it's like it's it's something's going to happen with regards to like the holiday itself there's no way of like preventing that so you might as well like do something with it um so so you're listening to like you know current music um when you're growing up your mom's really into it like what Mm -hmm. kind of spurs you into like finding things on your own one story that i've like told before but i really like it is the first time that my mom realized that i was like a word person or i was like listening in a way that she never had is that was the matchbox 20 yourself or someone like you the song the real world uh-huh. um the f- opening line of that after that super tasty riff um oh, is um but yeah the line is like i wonder what it's like to be the rainmaker i wonder what it's like to know that i made the rain yeah and i was like five years old and i like went up to her and i was like mom what does he mean like right. what does he mean he wants to know what it's like to be the rainmaker yeah, and make the sure. rain and she was like I don't fucking know yeah, like what I don't know, I don't I don't know. know it's just Rob a catchy song about. you yeah. know exactly oh what a doesn't, dream book there doesn't have to, oh, he's so handsome mm-hmm. um, he had that great like 
like you know the the nineties like man bangs. Yeah, and he had really Mm -hmm. good hoop earrings. He was (laughs) so so handsome. Yes, no Johnny Resnick. Oh, Let see, I'm a, I would pick I would pick Rob Thomas over Johnny. Well, that's okay. We're, yeah. you know, we can still, we can, we can yeah. still be friends. We <laughs> should look at Johnny Resnick right now. It's like fucked up what <laughs> happened to his face. His old like he, he, age. No, he got like Oh, no, he got, he got butchered. Work done. Yeah. Oh, no, it's yikes. tough. Um So But that was like the first moment that she was that she was tipped off that like I was kind of maybe like listening a little bit closer like uh-huh. there was a, yeah, a connection yeah, yeah. there that was important um but i mean and my gateway band into like punk rock and stuff was good charlotte and i know my punk yeah. red is maybe like out the door and i don't care uh-huh. um good charlotte was like my first like i came home with like the young and the hopeless by them and yeah. then simple plans no helmets no pads just uh-huh. balls let's and, let's 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 stop on good charlotte yeah. for a second because i like I think I was like just old enough to like really not like that band, yes. and I think like still have a little bit of like like you know oh, posers, I don't like, man. like the Maddens, yeah, and yeah, you know they're posers, and um and so you know I've never really like talked to anybody about like mm-hmm. what what you saw. Oh, I could talk to band. you for a very because long time you, about you had Charlotte. to be defensive of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so what was it, do you think about Good Charlotte that like you really like attached to? Yeah, it was the first time and like, you know, they're copying what they've, they grew up on. They grew up on the real, right? Uh Like they grew up on the Clash and the Sex Pistols and all this other stuff that like, you know, define the genre, uh, of punk rock. And, um, it was the first time though that I had any access to that ideology right so it was more like this is what and like i did listen to green day but green day didn't uh, i didn't get into them until i was a little bit older and this is like for reference everyone like fifth or sixth grade that i started listening to good charlotte so i'm uh-huh. like you know 12 or th- yeah 12 yeah, yeah, yeah. 11 or 12 um but yeah and it was like i just remember thinking like I I feel like this like this is the first time because I I was trying to be like I had we moved to New Lenox when I was in fourth grade so I was a new kid Uh um going through like puberty and not like a hot girl by any means I wasn't a cheerleader type um so uh I remember trying really hard to fit in with the cool girls and feeling phony and like not Uh uh-huh being proud of like you know like what I was trying to do and like trying to discover my own voice and when I heard like that record something clicked in my brain where it was like you can be weird and different Uh and it's okay and like there's a community that celebrates you right so that is and I think you know like no matter what you know uh, like how old you were like that the first time you hear that you're gonna like that you feel that feeling yeah, it's gonna be absolutely. powerful do you have like a record or a moment for yourself where oh, that yeah, was a thing? yeah absolutely yeah. i mean i i think like one moment that like really sticks out was getting uh enema of the state and yeah, like, getting yeah. getting to the end of it where they just thank all the bands and yes. i'm like i'm like whoa like yeah. this is insane because blink 182 never really like repped anything like before them right but they were really you know in that moment like super active and like saying check all of this out and that was kind of like my the thank section of like albums and we're like we don't buy cds the way that we used to but the thank yous was like where you would 
go to like totally. find new yeah, music yeah, yeah. that was we had a conversation with somebody really recently about this and how that's like a lost art it's like not just related artists on spotify yeah you know? it was that different and it was comps yeah but no, yeah and i think that like uh, you know i i i think that it's it's good that you that you found somebody that you know you could look at like whatever shirt Benji was wearing and be like, all right, mm-hmm. what's... mess. That's how I like got into mess, which is like Chicago boys. You, you got a, you got a oh, better man. example of <laughs> <laughs> no way, somebody? dude. Oh, yeah. It's that's, okay. That's rough. Yeah. Um, Self-defense. So, so, <laughs> so when did you start playing? Um, so I was, I started playing uh bass actually first, I think the summer going into eighth grade. Uh huh. Um, and it was because it was like me and two of my other friends who wanted to start an all girl like yeah. pop punk band. Uh-huh. Uh, the one girl wanted to play drums and my other friend was playing guitar already. Um, so then I just like fell in and started, you know, yeah. on bass. Um, I played bass for like a year, a year, year and a half. And then um, when I was going into high school, I wanted to start playing guitar because I could tell I was developing uh, as like a singer songwriter and bass uh-huh. isn't a great vehicle. And yeah. I don't think I even, I couldn't have worded that to you back then, but there was something about it that right. I just something like, like I, I want to like play the guitar. Uh-huh. Um, were there, were there like singer songwriters that you were finding that were like outside of punk rock or even like, within no, it? Uh, no, not really. No. Uh-huh. I remember though, like when, <laughs> The, the first, there were like three songs that I wanted to learn how to play on guitar. The first one was Swing Life Away by Rise Against. Uh-huh. Uh, and the other was Sympathy by the Goo Goo Dolls. Hell yeah. Gutter Flower. Um, fucking mm-hmm. underrated. Great. Yeah, it's a good record. And then, uh, gosh, there was one more and I can't remember anymore. But there was three songs that I was like, I yeah. need to learn how to play. Right. Like, I want to be able to sing and play. Yeah, for sure. Guitar. Um, so yeah. So then you start. We so I was like start fourteen. On new guitar as mm-hmm. you're like the first night I had a guitar, I wrote a song. Uh-huh. I didn't even know how to like really play it, but right. I think that like speaks. <laughs> yeah. To you got yeah, it. just it's, it like clicked with me, and I uh-huh. I don't consider myself like a great guitarist, you know, but yeah, like yeah, the yeah. guitar is my vehicle for writing songs. Yeah. You know, it's like. I don't care about soloing, you know what I mean? Like I care Uh about being able to like rhythm and melody and all of that. Somebody else do that. Yeah. If you're writing writing songs, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. You don't have to fucking worry about it. Well, and it's cool in Turnspit because like Jason and I both bring uh, stuff to the table. So like I do end up writing riffs and that's, Uh it's a way that I've grown as a guitarist in the, bands that yeah, I probably totally. wouldn't have otherwise well, yeah it's like it's I think that's one of the nice dynamics about uh you know two singer bands is mm-hmm. that whoever's not singing you get to hear them like yeah. vocalize as a guitar player yeah and, totally like, Jason compliments you really well and you can tell that you're you're in tune to what Jason's doing totally when you're when you're playing when you're doing the leads while he's singing mm-hmm. so were you playing um like were you writing and recording when you were in high school or was it was it like is there anything that predates hi ho? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I was in a punk band uh called The Regulars. Yeah. Yeah. Um it was uh me and another girl on guitar. Um I was like she had a couple of songs, but I was like the lead singer. Yeah. I was like the front person of uh-huh. that and then two dudes um we had like the rhythm section changed up halfway through um but 
yeah, the regulars was like way fun. It was just like a total like suburban pop punk yeah. band. We I think it was fifteen when I started the regulars. Uh-huh. So Who that's like play? a you decade ago. You're down there. Oh right? hell yeah, we played Sound Lab. Fucking right. Yeah. South suburbs. Yep, that was it. Uh we played all those shitty JT music venues, the Corova in right. like Morris. Um the lighthouse was like a sh- shortly lived like thing in like way unincorporated Frankfurt. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you're close yeah. enough to where you can just you can go up. You can yeah, see yeah, whoever yeah. you want in Chicago mm-hmm. when they're here. People from here, totally. Our biggest show we ever got, um, and it was cool because I know those some of those dudes now. But um, we got to open for the Flatliners during their first. This was in 2010. Yeah. Uh, during their first ever U.S. headlining tour at Reggie's. Uh-huh. Um, so it was us, Rule 22, She Likes Todd, and Counterpunch. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we opened what it up. great 2010 lineup yeah. in the city of Chicago. I know. Uh, it did, Reggie's did not sell out, but there was a lot of people there. So yeah. And that was like crazy for us. Like Reggie's was a huge room for us to get to play. Yeah, so. totally. Reggie, Reggie's was nice too when you're like living living on the southern yeah, side of yeah, the city because closer. you don't have to like go in through the loop it's mm-hmm. like oh this is the best and then i never go there me either since i moved I, i've here. been there like once in the last like two years right <laughs> what i've played there like that's it. anytime uh-huh. i play there and then uh-huh. maybe if like somebody i love is there but, yeah. yeah so the did the regulars last through college or was college no so they we actually like stopped by the time i started because um i moved back to worth with my grandma um uh-huh. for my freshman year and like commuted up to loyola which was a hell of a hike yeah um, geez. yeah so i saved a shit ton of money though um, right so uh yeah so when i did that i knew i was not going to be able to to keep going and i didn't do music almost all throughout college it kind of just fell off for me i had really i had not a great college experience just with like stress and anxiety and like bad roommates and i didn't feel like i was in a space where i could be creative um a lot uh, of the time what was the anxiety like for you was it kind of (laughs) just i like have always had bad school anxiety but it was uh you know to the extreme when i had when i was in college yeah so you're, you know it's just a different beast you know right was, for sure how so. long were you doing that commute from worth just the first full year oh okay. but like five days a week at uh-huh. one point it was like 20 hours of commuting that has to be just so it, lonesome i was extremely lonely <laughs> yeah, yeah for definitely. sure i was writing a little bit at that time during uh-huh. uh when i because because i was like at my grandma's house right so i felt like okay yeah. to be writing and stuff um but hi ho started back up um my senior year of college i felt Uh i was i was like you know i like i haven't done anything in a long time and i miss playing out and i miss playing shows and i miss that part of my identity being a big part of my life yeah yeah um but i was just so driven on like doing well in school and working i you know i was like paying my way through um and i never lived on campus or anything so i was like had rent to like pay and bills and all that so um it was just a lot to kind of go through. Um, right, a but, lot to take in. And- yeah, and you you know, you have to pick and choose what time, what things you have time for. And I got to a point where I was like, I was pretty depressed. It was a snowpocalypse winter, if you yeah, recall. Sure. Yeah, that yeah. was when I went in and recorded uh, the first Hi-Ho EP, which is just like Solstice. my solace. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That makes sense. That's I wrote <laughs> down, man, that is such a wintry set of songs. Yes, yeah. <laughs> if you, yeah, you can like really feel like what you're describing in your in your experience of just like kind of spending this time with yourself and enough to where the conclusions that you're making about like what is yeah, got you a re-steep. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, you know what's uh, like what's important to you at this at this juncture? It's like it's mm-hmm. kind of all there. Yeah. And like I knew I was going to graduate and do fine and all that and it was I think it was the first time that I felt like I could kind of breathe again from school and I was financially doing all right enough well enough you know Right uh cuz that was a big part of my anxiety in school too it was like how am I going to pay for all this Right yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to yeah I'm so. going to get out in this in this job market mm-hmm. the good thing I got this double major that should, exactly. that should work out <laughs> Were you um so were you living were you like living in like Logan and then No I was up, up in Rogers, Rogers Park. Park um Rogers Park at You're doing nothing but like secluding yourself Yes yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> Have you listened to my songs? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. No, but uh, I I knew, you know, I, I was going to be in blue line territory as soon as I graduated. Right. Because um, that's where that's where my people were. <laughs> right. So you, your people were established, right. I guess, is what, mm-hmm. what I'm what I'm trying to. Yeah. Get to. It, it, yeah. Uh, like that last year of college, I kind of like reconnected. Um, I started working for Phantom Note Productions, doing like production and interning with them. So right. I got back into the music scene and I met people through that. And yeah. Is that I how was... you meet all the Turnspit kids? Yes, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least Jason. Jason was the first one. Um, we played a show together solo and uh, this was like August of 2014, I think. Uh-huh. And then... Yeah, and then Jason asked me if I wanted to be in a band, and I just like loved the songs. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah, they're like so good. So they they were his songs that mm-hmm. he was like playing solo, and yes. he was like, "Yeah, I want to, I want to." Yeah, and I, I remember like sitting at work listening to the song "Mid Sentence," which is on our full yeah. length. Um, that was my f- favorite one, and I would have it like on repeat. Yeah, I loved it so much, and so uh-huh. it's really cool that like. That was like the second. So the Worthless was the first song we ever wrote together. And then the second song I think we started working on was Mid-Sentence. And um, yeah. Yeah. They're staples in our catalog they, so far. They're, <laughs> such, they're such staples. So, yeah. um, But you do, I, I do get a sense like in the the earliest recordings that it, it does feel like, you know, you're both kind of bringing songs separately and then each kind of like adding parts where there's yeah. parts to be added. But and that's kind of, I think at this point is, has changed a little bit or is it still kind of like you come in with a song that's mostly complete and then... Kind of, yeah. And the cool thing about Desire Paths is that um, Brad, our bassist, uh, two of the songs, so- like musically he like totally completed and then Jason and I like did lyrics for um, yeah. those are apologies. I have so, so many and then home is run no more. And right. those two songs have some of the most dynamic vocals on the record. And it's because it wasn't a Jason song or a Jillian song. It was a Brad song. And then we like all kind of came in yeah. and worked on it. And you get that sense too. Yeah. And it's kind of like, so I mean, that that's something I really want to develop as a band more being Obviously, like, I want to sing my songs and stuff, but right. I want us to, like, have more um, 
yeah, more like back and forth and it's, stuff. Yeah, it's almost like a third, you know. Yeah. It's like you got your songs, you got Jason's songs, and then mm-hmm. you also have the the songs that you're all doing together. Yeah. A lot more, a lot more variety to it. Totally. And, and you're like, you know, being able to like sing off of somebody else is totally different than like adding to, right. you know, when you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, it was Kyle Manning was playing drums yeah. at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. But now now you got Tinkler, you got yeah. Dan Tinkler. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like about as valuable as a person that you can have join your band. Like yeah. you play drums, you also have to record, mm-hmm. and you have to record at Atlas. Yep. So that's that's nice. It's amazing. It's a good completion. Yes. Tool. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was amazing. Yeah. Dan is. Uh, Dan worked very, very hard for a long time um, tracking and uh, like, you know, doing his own parts and then mixing the entire yeah. record. He didn't master it, but everything else was like Dan almost front to back. We had a couple of friends uh, helping out when yeah. he was um, recording. But yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, He's probably just like and- pig and shit over <laughs> all of this. Well, he said it was like a very interesting project because there is like an aspect of being too close to your work right so yeah getting a little over you're clingy yes yeah and he was like i don't know he's like i need to step away from it and come back kind of thing and Uh he said he doesn't want to do that again with us but i think it i think it's so cool that like we have a record that is completely like self-produced you know like Uh from every part of the recording process you know um it was all like us and it's nice too to you know you know you come away with it with this perspective of like okay cool what we should also be working on doing is is having songs that everybody's involved Mm -hmm. in like in the construction of them we have a pretty collaborative writing process like we'll each bring something to the table but um the song I think we all love that part of the band that it is like a very um like group oriented yeah. creation you know yeah, yeah, like because yeah. I know like even and you hear this in like every songwriter but there are like things that I fall on all the time and like that I'll use over and over and over again just because right. stylistically I like that but um there's like a certain chord progression Dan called me out on. He's like, you use that in yeah. this song and this song. Like you uh-huh. need to come, let's come up with something different. Like, right. I don't want to just do that again. And I was like, fine, fine. <laughs> but yeah. we'll no, ma- but we'll that makes the song better, better you yeah, know? Yeah. Sure. And like, we don't, none of us are, um, uh, have, I guess like too much of an ego in a songwriting sense that, we're going to be mad at somebody for like not liking a part. Right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we're all pretty, we can be honest with each other and in a way that's not like, Hey, that fucking sucks. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I only, the only reason I don't like this part is because I don't like you. Yeah, exactly. Because you're a bad person and I hate you. <laughs> right. Good thing. Good thing we're in a band together. Well, you know, and and, and I think that your band too is you come from that 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 pop punk scene in Chicago that's just like so self sufficient and it's so 
supportive supportive totally it's like it's it's funny you know i was like looking at the band camp and then everybody who like was contributing you know everybody who's paying for it on band camp it was all people that were in you know like other two houses houses Mike's on there and that's like that's that's dope and i think that speaks volumes to like you know where you come from yeah and i think you your band kind of like integrates itself into that like right away Mm -hmm. and also you know not only being like you know a staple of of this thing but you also you know you start you start getting on those uh those like dream opening spots oh my god like lawrence arms lawrence arms alkaline trio yeah riot fest yeah that it's been like an unbelievable like there's been so many moments i feel like with turnspit where i'm like how did this how what is how right. is this my life like yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and like i got to sing with captain we're sinking and they just announced they're not a band anymore um, we played with them. They're a big, like a big. I've a Captain We're Sinking tattoo. Like, what is <laughs> it? What is it? Uh, it's um, like the future the, is cancer. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's a little. Fucking, that's such a good record. Oh yeah. Oh my god. I can. I got to sing Montreal with them. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> you seen my life? That's fucking. Yes, dope. that's a great song. Mm-hmm. When it fucking... all dropped out, like, mm-hmm. I got to sing that. Part that's too. fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think that like you're. It's it's interesting talking to you at at this juncture because it's now it's like, all right, like this is this is a band that's established themselves as like you know like stalwarts in the scene and and you know a good a good opening band you can you can play you know when the lawrence arms play here you can play when reviver comes to town Mm -hmm. and now you got the first record and so it's like if you want to do it yeah which obviously everybody wants to do it Mm -hmm. um but you know it's like it's like that that commitment side of it so is it something that you are thinking about now is it something that y'all are like discussing like hey you know we we've gone this far and we're doing well with it Mm -hmm. now we got this record and now we've got like intentionality into like what we could continue to do is that yes we're kind of at like a little bit of a like dan is in grad school Uh and brad his girlfriend is growing a freaking baby in her so yeah we're in like um it's amazing and like so people have a lot of stuff going on in their personal lives yeah um we are hoping to do some tours this year but it's just a matter of we're not able to do anything until like the summer at this point um just with everyone's schedules so uh uh, yeah i mean we're kind of in a place where we're going to be talking about kind of how we want to shift things or what we can do like right. does that mean jason and i do like an acoustic tour before we like all go out or something like that so yeah. um yeah we're kind of figuring that out it was like get the record out and then i think we're gonna like yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. you know see where we want to go because everyone like definitely like wants to keep the band like going with this momentum right um, but the touring right after the record comes out is not uh an option for us right now and i mean it, but it, it's you know it's also it's, it's also like we're, we're, <laughs> it's also winter for sure mm-hmm. we're also like it's not like you're stuck in in you're not stuck on a fucking island with this record it's like you, no. you can totally like be a self-sustaining totally band in and a we're place trying to like do this. like more regional shows in the like in the time being um we're gonna play grand rapids in april and yeah. try and just book you know a couple more like one-offs instead of doing like a straight through for sure tour. um for sure do a couple weekend stints and all that so uh, you know the songs that you have on the first couple turnspit releases like they're not they're not necessarily light 
you know, <laughs> that yeah. characteristic like pop punk self-loathing and, mm-hmm. um, you know, talking about your grandparents on Worthless. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in December of 2016, uh, you released a song called Skin. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, right, totally. Cool. Um, so, I mean, that's, y- you go through the details of, of past uh, assaults and, and, and I'm just like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a heavy listen. Yeah. For sure. Um, and especially just because it's so, it's, it's so upfront. It's very, it's a deeply personal song. There's like in detail, you know, so. It, yeah. But poetic, I, I think it's not just like super, you know, graphic or anything, but um, yeah. There's no, there's no like it's it's not like it's it's veiled in any way mm-hmm. it, this is like this is what happened yeah and this is you reporting what happened mm-hmm. and so you know how how did it come out was it were you putting it together and saying like i if i'm gonna sing about this i want it to be direct or- so this is like uh skin i i always say like my what i think are consider my best songs just like vomit out of me. Yeah. The only songwriting tool that I was working with with skin was that I wanted to write a song that had something to do with ages. That was the only goal. Uh-huh. I didn't have any sort of plan to ever write about sexual assault or like sexual coercion or anything like that. That was not on the table. Yeah. Um. But I started writing like when I was five, I like to do these things. And then I was like... It just all came Uh out of me Um, and nothing like horrible happened to me like at the time that I was writing that song. Uh But uh, I think I I was and still kind of am like surprised that it came out the way that it did. Right. Um, It's like all of a sudden this 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 wall is this mess moved. Yeah. And uh, it was. Yeah, I have like very vivid memories of like writing in my notebook and sitting on the couch like wow like this is Uh this is like important yeah so yeah and i wrote it about two years ago um Uh and like one of the things that i think is like important about turnspit is that you know this was like you know the me too movement like has really like taken root and is you know hugely Uh like it's helping shift our culture right now and that's so important and that's so wonderful and like women coming forward with their stories this was like two, you know, like a year and a half prior to that happening. Uh-huh. And I brought it to my bandmates and they wanted to help me tell that story. Yeah. They weren't like, oh, I don't know about this content. I don't uh-huh. know if I'm comfortable like yeah. being, you know, having you sing about this. Um, They were really supportive and like wanted to, you know, bring it. Right. So and also like I wrote the song and then I played it like at high ho shows solo uh twice and i had to stop myself from crying the two times uh-huh. that i did and then when i brought it to the band we made it into so that you still got that like very raw vulnerability because it's acoustic in the beginning and just yeah. me and the guitar and then when the guitar like when the band kicks in it's like this empowering rage that takes over the song and it it is like a like reclaiming myself and my identity in spite of like and you know those are just like two it only details like two things that happen those aren't the last of the things and I don't know if I'll you know ever write another song talking about other stuff but 
it's just something that and I've had I mean women come up to me after shows like crying and say like I can't believe you like got up there and said all of that like thank you so much and that is like the best compliment I think I could ever get you know what I mean like to know that I could move somebody or like help someone feel less alone in something so yeah Uh some something so intense and like you feel like you don't own your own body that is uh and like repeatedly stuff like that just kind of happens all the time like to you in very very small ways every day right but like in a big way um and then being able to like grow and still feel whole as yourself like that is that's a feat and it's a hard thing to yeah to do and i struggle on a daily basis with stuff like that you know but it's like right i feel like skin is almost like it's kind of like the an anthem kind of song for like the me too kind of movement thing and i'm i think it's coming out now we're gonna do a music video for it that's good um and that's gonna be our first video and i'm excited to start working on that soon it's it's you know it's like what you say about when the band kicks in Mm -hmm. and the you know the the reclamation that happens and i think that's like one of the the central themes of the song is is reclaiming your own skin and Mm -hmm. and making it your own again and and you know going back to something that happened when you were so young yeah like navigating that it's scary yeah and um you know i really love the full band version i really love the version that you put on Bandcamp yeah. too because i think both of them they both contain like so much intimacy and it's like it's it's awesome to to hear the band kick in and then it's it's also you know it's it's so jarring yeah. when the band but doesn't, doesn't kick, kick in, in. yeah because <laughs> yeah, i you know i heard that song for the first time when you played it live mm-hmm. and you know felt that yeah and listening back to it when it's just like this is, you know, this is this is the process. This is somebody sitting with this yeah. for so so long. Um, I I think that it's so incredible that it came out the way that it did. That you chose to put it out that way and mm-hmm. put it out so directly. Um, you know, because you know, there's there's so many so many reasons why you, like you would want to prevent yourself from being that upfront mm-hmm. and i think you, you you gain so much in saying this is how it happened yeah thank you yeah um i love the i love the recording of it i love the way that it came out y'all y'all uh really came together mm-hmm. in general for desire paths yeah i think it sounds great thank you yeah it's uh that's the sound is like mostly Dan, but also yeah we all worked really hard to like make it sound good <laughs> you're also like you're also like yeah this is the room huh yeah this is it <laughs> um you know it, it's the skin obviously um but the rest of these tracks like yeah this, this is this is they're not not heavy yeah absolutely i mean jason talks a lot about um gender identity and being uh like queer and not uh-huh. you know either like coming to terms with it or understanding you know where they sat on all those topics and uh jason was brought up extremely religious and um that had a huge effect on how you know he started to like view himself and everything so uh yeah it's like there's a lot of like 
uh, self-discovery and like this idea of freeing yourself almost on the record, like having these self-actualizations and like trying to figure out like, who am I? What am I? What are these things that happened to me? And how does, how can I like be myself and like be happy with who I am? Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's kind of like a larger theme for the record, I guess like that. There's a lot of that in it, but then there's also like the, you know, heartache, you know, Irish name is just like a fun kind of banger for, um, you know, like ex-boyfriend stuff material, but there's, Uh there's always, I feel like there's an awareness in our songwriting where it's nothing is just like ever just the words. Like it's, there is a meaning and I feel like it's really one of my favorite parts of like writing songs in general is like, I'll write a song and then I'll play it again like two years later. And I'm like, this means something completely different to me now than Uh what I was saying at the time but it's you know and like you have that with normal like songs that you listen to but I think it's cool where you can like attach meaning in these new ways and it it keeps feeling fresh to you you. yeah yeah you are you are you're unpacking though you in the on this record Uh in particular you got this is this is like this is one one relationship or is this like all bad relationships uh, <laughs> put together on a thing it's just like it's like everyone it's like fuck yeah like, it's, it's gonna be all right it's, it's gonna a be co- all right. <laughs> no it's a it's like it was it's like two ish basically yeah um yeah because I, I, I like irish name because it's just like fuck it who yeah. cares but then there you know there's moments where it's like it's a lot more tender and it's a lot yeah it's a lot more like yeah all right yeah. That's when, like, that's when, like, the the winter, the winter, like, really, really creeps in when you're just yeah. like, yeah, it's, well, and, like, it sucks and I can't go anywhere and totally. And like the second verse of Irish name is like more of a dialogue with myself than like the first verse is like looking at like, man, we were like fucked up, but man, we had fun, didn't we? You uh-huh. know, like that kind of thing, and yeah. like you know, thinking that this was gonna be it for me. Um, and I ended up breaking that off anyway, but uh, it, it's just like what you have in your head and what you like want to happen, but then you have to come to terms with the reality of what the situation is. And yeah, then not, like, I think, and, and it's yeah. always tough too, especially when you, you know, I, you I like somebody, the way, yeah. you, well, you you love somebody and I think that the attachment that you, that you kind of bring light to is is you want somebody's, name mm-hmm. and and i think that there's you know i think everybody goes to that kind of unpacking of just like you know of course you get ahead of yourself mm-hmm. in a relationship and it's like yeah. it's it's fucking tough to turn back when you're like no because like we were gonna do things you yeah. know and i was gonna like build and like the building was going to be a product of of the continued relationship with this person yeah and I have like really great relationships with my ex-boyfriends miraculously Um, a lot of them are like my very close friends the Irish name guy is one of my like very close friends and he actually he had a friend text him the other day and he was like hey uh this dude just like texted me and was like, hey, have you listened to Irish name? I think that's about you. And he's like, yeah, it yeah, is. No <laughs> so he's uh, like, dude. <laughs> but my last name's yeah. O'Brien. Who the fuck else would it Donahue. be? Donahue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like that kind of thing. Um, uh, but it's not. Ni- it's nice to, yeah, kind of have that uh, 
reality like have that be yeah. a part of it you know and now it's fucking it's ready you did the you got to mm-hmm. do the whole like all right here's the one song premiere the record streaming yeah. friday yeah for it's, the show which yeah. will have had happened mm-hmm. by the time this comes out bad syntax we'll have the <laughs> it's okay it's late it's late um well it's awesome it's a it's a good record. It's yeah. fucking exciting for you to, to. Yeah, we're really proud of it. We've been sitting on it for a long time, so it like we were finished. Uh, I think the masters were finished in June or May or June or something, but or the final mixes were in like May or June. So it's like, oh my god, we started recording like between uh, like over just over a year ago the, between Christmas and New Year's. So it's like, yeah. it's been like 14. So like the recording started like 14 months ago, but then uh-huh. we had the songs like written for longer than that. So it's yeah. like, oh my God, it feels so good to like, the weight is like already started to be lifted off of me. It's just have right. it out there. And it's I want people done. to hear it. You I know? want people to hear it. Yeah. I also want to like do the next thing. It's mm-hmm. awesome. It was great talking to you. Thanks yeah. for coming over. No problem. <laughs> All right. Hey, you know, it's really powerful to see someone take an experience so traumatic and turn it into such a direct confrontation of the event, represent it in a very real way, and turn it into something that reaches out and provides a good. That's what a song like Skin does. So happy Jillian owned it the way she did and super excited for her and for Turnspit having this record out there and having a creative motivation to move forward. So much to be inspired by in that conversation. So happy to share that time with Jillian. Check out Turnspit online, turnspit.bandcamp.com. They're on Instagram, Turnspit Band. Check them out after you visit Goo Goo Dolls Official. See all the great work I've been doing over there. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Uh, rate it, write a review, tell a friend about the show. You can like it on Facebook. Send me a message on there. Twitter is at BetterYetPod. Listen to my other podcasts as you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio, hosted by yours truly and David Anthony. The website is BetterYetPod.com. T-shirts, buttons are on there. BetterYetPod.com slash merch. We are also on Bandcamp, BetterYetPodcast.Bandcamp.com. And thank you so much. Thanks to Jillian. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you, Jay. I'll never forget where I was when I finally saw the episode where Mandy gets an abortion. And thank you all for coming, continuing to come and to listen to the show. This never ceases to be a source of great fulfillment for me. Even when I feel lousy, I look forward to doing it. So thank you. Come back next week. Thanks, baby.